Welcome in to Fantasy Football Today, DFS, here to preview the two-game Christmas Day slate. Frank Stample joined, as always, by Sienna Jad and Mike McClure. Happy holidays to all. Let's jump right into the games here and start off with the Browns at the Packers. The Packers are 7.5-point favorites with a 45.5-point total here, and all odds come via the Caesar Sportsbook. For the Cleveland Browns, they still have 18 players on the COVID list at the time of recording this, Thursday afternoon, but Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry will be eligible to play in this game. Their 10-day quarantine ends on Friday. Kareem Hunt not expected to play as he's dealing with an ankle injury. Miles Garrett did not practice this Thursday. He is officially questionable for this game. On the Packers side of things, they have two players on the COVID list, including Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who will likely be out for this game. Aaron Jones was limited at practice on Wednesday. Originally, I was going to ask you guys uh, whether or not we're playing Jonathan Taylor or Devontae Adams, but after I started making some lineups, I realized that you could actually play both of those guys in the same lineup pretty easily. So I'll just start off with the Packers side of things. Uh, you know, with no MVS here, uh, there's some value open. Alan Lazard is 4,100. We have some cheap tight ends as well. So, Mike, we'll start with you. How are you feeling about the Packers passing game in this spot? I love the Packers passing game when you start with Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, I, for me, it's a free square. You, you plug and play him and you kind of move on unless you're making a strong case to fade in, you know, big, big tournaments. But uh, other than that, tight end, Josiah DeGora, I think that he's my favorite uh, punt tight end on the slate. I think that most of the punt tight ends will be coming from this game. So on the other side, you'll, you'll obviously have Harrison Bryant and David Njoku potentially. But for me, I like uh, Josiah DeGora. Uh, I think that if you have him and Devontae Adams, you can get away with not necessarily playing uh, or paying up for Aaron Rodgers if you don't want to, because I think that's where a large chunk of the passing volume is going to go. Um, so that's where I would look for the Packers side. I don't have a ton of interest in jamming Lazard or any of the other players right now, uh, just because I think there's some opportunities on some of the other teams on the slate that are a little bit more... I don't want to say reliable, but I like the game scripts a lot more for them. All right. When it comes to Josiah DeGuara, he is $2,800 over on DraftKings. And in week 15, he ran 21 routes compared to just 10 for Mercedes Lewis. So I do agree. If you're looking at a Packers tight end, it's Josiah DeGuara for me as well. Uh, Sia, what do you think about pack, uh, stacking the Packers side here? Aaron Rodgers, 7400 He's the highest priced quarterback on the slate. I think most people will be deciding between him and Kyler Murray. What say you when it comes to Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, and we talked about this on the Tuesday FFT DFS show that Kyler Murray, there, there seems to be an issue there, perhaps with his ankle, maybe his shoulder. Uh, we've seen this, the gradual wind down of Kyler Murray even last year. So I, I'm a little nervous about that. I mean, if I'm making five lineups, Kyler Murray is probably my quarterback in one, but the other four are going to be Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, I absolutely. And by the way, there, there is a narrative building here. Uh, we thought Aaron Rodgers was in the MVP race this whole year, but with Tom Brady kind of falling off and, and then, of course, all of his receivers being injured, uh, this is really a game which is going to get national attention where Rodgers can kind of put his stamp on the MVP in front of everybody, which you know Rodgers is going to soak in quite well. So even if this game perhaps gets out of hand, I don't think Rodgers necessarily stops throwing the ball. Uh, so with that said, Aaron Rodgers with two pass catchers makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Devontae Adams... Um, I, I think, you know, Aaron Jones' status, he, he seems to be tr kind of trending in the wrong direction. I think A.J. Dillon in cleanup time certainly makes sense. And honestly, he's getting a split share at this point anyway. But if I had to stack Rodgers with another pass catcher, it would be, other than Adams, of course, it would probably be Alan Lazard. Um, I totally see uh, Mike's point on Deguara. I think Mercedes Lewis is 
at least in play because he's cheap and he did catch some balls last week. He does tend to catch, you know, two or three balls and, in, 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 you know, does a decent amount with them. So uh, Aaron Rodgers with Adams and Lazard or DeGuar is probably going to be the play for me. All right, Mike, what do you think about the Packers running game here? Aaron Jones is 6,800, A.J. Dillon 5,600. And uh, last week, Jones had 15 touches, A.J. Dillon only had eight. So it seems like maybe things are kind of swinging back in the favor of Aaron Jones. Yeah, things tend to be swinging that way, which I I think that they want to use him in the passing game a little bit more too. Uh, Very interesting on the practice. I don't know if the knee being limited in practice is just maintenance really because he's had issues throughout the season or if it's really flaring up again. Something to monitor, but I do think that those backs – will be a very interesting pivot because everything I'm looking at, just running some numbers for this, it looks like it's, we all know everyone's playing Jonathan Taylor, much like Devontae Adams, but it looks like the Arizona Cardinals running backs are going to be popular. And, and, you know, looking at the price point, it makes a lot of sense. Edmonds is down to 4,700, James Conner, 6,000. So I do like pivoting to the running backs. Uh, I kind of mentioned that we, we know that we like the Packers. They should put up points here. My favorite way to attack this slate is going to be to fade Aaron Rodgers, play Devontae Adams and potentially uh, the tight end, but then maybe grab one or both of these running backs. And through having that, you should get pretty good exposure to uh, Aaron Rodgers outside of, you know, rushing touchdowns for him or just a heavy, heavy Alan Lazard game, which I'm willing to fade, frankly, uh, and gives you a little bit of roster differentiation. So I do like the running backs. Uh, I would say that Aaron Jones, because of the price point there, all the way up to 6,800, I think that Pivoting to him as long as he is active is going to be a really nice move off of what I think will be very popular, James Conner and or Chase Edmonds in this game or the slate. All right, let's move on over to the Brown side of things and see, are you looking to pay up for Nick Chubb? He is 7,200 in this spot. Obviously, they're pretty big underdogs as of now, seven and a half points. Had 24 touches last week against the Raiders in that game without Kareem Hunt. I think the problem here is... If you pay for Nick Chubb, I don't know that you could fit Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, and Devonta Adams all in your lineup. I think it gets really tough at that point. You know, maybe you're playing either a Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz to make that happen, and, and you're spending down a tight end. But it does get pretty tough if you want to play all three of those guys. Yeah, I'm going to well, before this show is over. I'm going to experiment with just that. But yeah, it's a good point. I mean, obviously, I'd rather have Jonathan Taylor than than Nick Chubb. But with that said, we know that a lot of people are going to have Devonte Adams and Jonathan Taylor as sort of the centerpieces, foundational pieces of their lineup. So obviously, a great way to get leverage would be to get, grab Nick Chubb and drop one of those two guys. So again, if you're making multiple lineups. Uh, it certainly makes sense to maybe, you know, maybe if I'm dropping one of those, it's actually Devontae Adams. We've seen, you know, he had a pretty cold game last week. He usually bounces back really well from that. So, you know, proceed with caution, obviously. But, you know, playing Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor as your centerpieces certainly makes sense. You can run on the Green Bay Packers and, you know, the the Browns are getting healthier. It certainly makes sense that Nick Chubb is going to see another 24 touches, uh, maybe even more in this game. I thought he looked pretty good. And and honestly, Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton, they didn't really see much last week. So I really do think this is the Nick Chubb show on that side of the ball. All right. We'll wrap up here with the Browns passing game. I do think that Baker Mayfield is going to be back here. He's 5,300. Jarvis Landry as well. He is 5,100 over on DraftKings. Mike, you mentioned the Browns tight ends are pretty cheap here. Austin Hooper is 3,600. David Njoku is 3,100. Are you looking at anybody outside of the Browns tight ends on uh, their side in terms of the pass game? 
Not really. Uh, I mean, look, you can always throw someone like Landry in there if you want to, uh, assuming that he's activated. Like, I think he's going to be a fine pivot away from someone like Michael Pittman, for example. We like Pittman's game environment quite a bit overall. 5000 Landry is $100 more expensive playing outdoors at Green Bay. Like, obviously, most people are going to play Michael Pittman in that spot. So I think it's fine if you want to have a direct pivot there. Uh, he's sandwiched in between Christian Kirk and Michael Pittman. But for me personally, on the Browns side, I actually think it's Nick Chubb. And if I'm playing Nick Chubb, I'm probably going to play the Browns defense. Uh, we talk about it a lot on these two-game slates. It's okay to get weird, uh, especially with the defenses like that. At 2,500, um, you know, there's a scenario where this Browns-Packers game still remains relatively low scoring, a lot like the Seahawks-Packers uh, game that we saw you know, three weeks ago now, I believe. Um, I think that we could see another repeat of that where the Browns defense at 2,500 can still get there even against Devontae Adams. So that's going to be my, and it, you know, if I'm playing Nick Chubb, that's what I would want to do. If you're playing Nick Chubb, I would want to just go ahead and really double down, correlate it with the Browns defense. Um, but that's really where my interest lies in the Browns. Like you could punt with the tight ends if you want to. I'm electing to not play Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, but still get his weapons. So it's going to be DeGuara for me at tight end. Um, but limited exposure to the Browns, but I will have their defense. Let's move on to the Colts at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are one-point favorites with a 49-point total. This total is actually the highest of any game in Week 16, which is just tells you everything you need to know at this point. The Colts uh, offensive lineman Quentin Nelson returned to practice on Thursday. Center Ryan Kelly did not. And then for the Cardinals, James Conner did not practice Thursday. Cliff Kingsbury said both Conner and Rondell Moore are game-time decisions. So, see, we'll start with, if James Conner is out, is Chase Edmonds just an autoplay at 4,700? I don't want to say he's an autoplay. He wouldn't be a lock for me. I mean, I'd be interested in some leverage plays off of Chase Edmonds for obvious reasons because most people will be like, all right, Chase Edmonds, the number one running back on Arizona in a high total, certainly makes sense. But there's there's probably going to be at least half my lineups where I just pivot off of Chase Edmonds in that case. But certainly, like for cash, I I mean, I think Chase Edmonds would make a ton of sense if James Conner is out. All right, uh, let's continue on here with the Colts passing attack. Uh, Are we interested in going back to Kyler Murray? He is 7,200. Mike, would you look to play him alone? Are you playing him with a pass catcher? Christian Kirk is coming off a big game. He's 5,400. I think Zach Ertz, if you want to spend up on a tight end, he's really the only one that I see on the slate. Uh, He's 4,800 as well. What are you thinking there? Yeah, so for me on Kyler, I'm very worried, first of all. He hasn't had the rushing upside that we're used to seeing with him, and it's reflected in some of his fantasy scores and, frankly, their results in games. Um, But if I were to play him, I would stack him. I would have a double stack. It would be a little bit more of an unconventional double stack, though. It would be taking advantage of just the Cardinals as a team more than anything. So what I would do there is let's assume that James Conner doesn't play or is definitely limited. I would stack him with Chase Edmonds at running back and then Christian Kirk at the wide receiver spot because that's how the game would likely project out. Um, And I would obviously have Jonathan Taylor in those lineups as well. So that's how I'm looking to use Kyler personally. Uh, I'm mostly going to be off of Zach Ertz. I know that that's the reason for that is I know that's where people want to go, right? Mm -hmm. When you're stacking Kyler Murray at this point, it's very predictable that that's what that lineup's going to look like for the most part. So I'd like to get a little bit different and then double down on, you know, Chase Edmonds' ability. Hopefully Connor is limited. Hopefully they're throwing the ball down the field. I will note that uh, Zach Ertz is also on the injury report. He is dealing with a hamstring injury. I fully expect him to play, and he will. But just something to note uh, in that spot this week. 
All right. Uh, See, what do you think about the Cardinals passing attack? Obviously, it seems like you're a little bit worried about Kyler Murray, but if he is healthier or, you know, if he's close to what he should be, then we know what his upside can be, obviously. And Christian Kirk is coming off a big game. There's obviously A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins out for the rest of the season. If Rondell Moore can't go, Antoine Wesley is a name I think you should just keep in mind because he's min price at 3K. He played 85% of the snaps last week. If you are stacking the Cardinals signs, uh, Sia, how are you looking to do it? Yeah, Wesley's certainly interesting uh, as a contrarian low-price play. I mean, if you recall, they had a fourth down uh, some, somewhere inside the red zone, and and you know Kyler went with, without hesitation went to Wesley uh, in the end zone. It, it was not a, a catch and score, but anyway, the point is, you're right. Not only only is he playing the snaps, but he's he's clearly a trusted receiver in this core. Uh, yeah, I I agree with Mike. If I'm going to if I'm going to stack this, it's going to be Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds. That assumes James Conner is out. I do like this stack. That very stack, I definitely will be playing. It just happens to be my second favorite stack. And, and the, the reason for that, I'm a big Kyler Murray guy, more so than Aaron Rodgers, frankly, when it comes to fantasy. But, you know, I, I really am nervous about this ankle issue. And frankly, I don't think everybody else necessarily is. Like, I think Kyler's still going to get a ton of ownership, not as much as Aaron Rodgers, but he's still going to be way up there. So it's not like playing Kyler is going to be contrarian. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Mike, maybe you have an opinion on that. But I think a lot of people will be on Kyler in this just two-game slate. So give me that stack for sure. Uh, I probably will also be off Zach Ertz because I think he'll be pretty popular. Um, I think if Kyler Murray's ankle is okay, he can buy some time, which we – would think that's what he would have done against Detroit, but he can buy some time. Christian Kirk can definitely get beyond this secondary and beat them. I think AJ Green is certainly in play as well, but my preference is Christian Kirk there. On the Colts side of things, we know that we're jamming Jonathan Taylor. Again, he's one of the core core plays on this two-game slate. Anybody else? I mean, Michael Pittman is down to 5K, um, but the Colts... They've had a lack of pass volume, you know, really the past month or so. Carson Wentz, 22 pass attempts or less in three of their last four games. Maybe in this spot, you know, they they, they get pushed a little bit more. They have to pass. Mike, what are you thinking uh, about the uh, the Colts passing attack here and Michael Pittman down at 5K? Well, if you follow the way I play a lot, you will know that Carson Wentz is the quarterback I'm playing on this slate. Uh, he's my favorite quarterback here. So... What I expect from Indianapolis is I expect them to be able to move the ball between the 20s incredibly well against this Arizona Cardinals defense, especially the state that this defense is in. What I expect is for things to tighten up in the red zone. That makes sense. It's a very obvious statement, but I expect it to tighten up in the red zone to the point where you could still get there. So what you're looking at on Wentz, like we're, we're only looking at 150 to 180 passing yard type game. But do we get the touchdowns in the red zone? That's what I'm willing to gamble on just because of the price point at 5,400 on this smaller slate. It lets me comfortably get Pittman. I can get Adams. I can get Taylor. I can get any other running back I want, whether it's Nick Chubb, any any of the stars. I can load up and have all of them in my lineup. So for me, because I'm electing to get my exposure to Green Bay the other way, I personally am going to end up playing Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor as my primary stack, and I will have Chase Christian Kirk on the side in that game as of right now. All right, see, we'll wrap up here with your thoughts on the Colts. Are you looking to play anybody outside of Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman? Yeah, by the way, I I love what Mike said about Carson Wentz there. The value there, and given this total, I I can certainly see a scenario where Carson Wentz moves the ball pretty effectively, particularly between the 20s. Uh, No, honestly, that's it. Like, you know, normally I would say T.Y. Hilton. I think he's fine as a flyer. He's just not getting the targets. And you might say, well, he's never been a target guy. Well, he's like really not getting the targets. I mean, between him and Zach Pascal, Ashton Doolin, I, I really... 
if I had to pick one, I, I guess I would go T.Y. Hilton because he does have big playability, but it's really hard to get there. I think Jack Doyle, just as a maybe a contrarian tight end, might be in play off of your like Zach Ertz's, for example. Um, that might be interesting. But no, outside of the stack that Mike recommended, I, I don't think I, I'm going to get there. I, I wanted to ask uh, you or Mike, though, is, is Naheem Hines in play at all here? So Naheem Hines is trying to find what his price is. 4000 4000 Yeah, I mean, he's yep. that's been priced. What do you think, Mike? Oh, yeah, very, very, very much in play. Um, the issue, and the only place you're really getting to him, though, is if you're leaving salary on the table. It's not terribly difficult. I mean, I suppose if you're playing Aaron Rodgers and want to go that route, too, the salary maybe is needed. But for me personally, if I'm playing Naeem Hines, I'm almost definitely stacking him with Carson Wentz. Um, his rushing volume is just gone, just absolutely gone. You know, we were used to seeing games like early in the year when they're both playing where he's going to get seven, eight, nine carries. Those days are gone. He didn't have a single carry against New England. He had three against Houston, a game that they won 31 to nothing. Jonathan Taylor is the workhorse. Jonathan Taylor is getting the football. Where he does become involved is in the red zone and in the passing game. Two places where you score fantasy points. But if I'm playing him, I'm going to stack him with Carson Wentz because the likely scenario is that he's catching a touchdown pass from Carson Wentz or he's catching three to four passes from Carson Wentz because the game is ultra competitive or they're trailing. Jonathan Taylor just ripped off a big run. He's got to be the one on the field for three or four plays. Uh, but yeah, on a short slate, like look at him as an expensive tight end, essentially, right? At $4,000 when you have all the other tight ends, like look at him in that scenario. Um, so for me, the scenario there would be basically how I would get there is I would remove Michael Pittman from my stack and I would play Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz, and Naeem Hines all three together. Uh, and basically you're saying that you're going to, you know, the, the work's going to the running backs. And I think that that's a pretty good play. Nice call out there. All right. Yeah. I, I was just putting a lineup together that featured, you could get Carson Wentz, Taylor, Nick Chubb, Devontae Adams, Christian Kirk, Naeem Hines at the flex. And then the Browns defense, you have, 4250 left for your wide receiver three and tight end. So it's definitely doable if that's a route that you want to go down here in this spot. We're going to wrap there for CN and Mike. I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Football Today DFS. If you haven't yet, make sure to check out our deep dive for the entire main slate here in week 16. That should already be in your podcast feed. Of course, you can find it on YouTube as well. We will see you on Tuesday. Bye-bye.